Broadcasting from the point where sports meets faith, it's Benson and those guys. Now here's your host, Benson and those guys on ESPN Rochester. Welcome to the Benson and Those Guys program presented by Town & Country Pest Solutions. The time circuits are on, the flux capacitor is fluxing, the engines are running, and it's time to get on with the program. The gang's all here, Dan Burrow, and of course, Those Guys. You can visit our website, btgprogram.com, or follow us on Twitter, at btgprogram. This past week, guys, there were clear indications that we are indeed living in in the biblical last days. Not only were there biblical prophecies coming together throughout the world, but just a few days ago, Manchester City and Liverpool soccer teams played to a 2-2 preseason draw at Yankee Stadium. By the way, Liverpool eventually won 3-1 on penalty kicks, but the fact that there was soccer violating the hallowed baseball grounds <laughs> that is Yankee Stadium. Now, that's not bad enough. Almost 50,000 people were there to see it. A soccer preseason exhibition game. That should serve, by the way, as hard, hard evidence that soccer has taken a major step forward here in the United States. They were running across, prancing, really, across <laughs> Yankee Stadium. It's a bit of a microcosm, really, I think, or perhaps an Interested little uh, warning of things to come. The Yankees leave town for a road trip, and while no one is watching the cookie jar, soccer moves in and makes themselves right at home. Don't you think that if baseball doesn't do something to sell itself and endear itself to the youth, soccer will one day pass baseball in popularity and make itself right at home? I actually think that I heard that was the biggest crowd at Yankee Stadium this year. All year. Yeah. They outdrew. They, they outdrew any Yankee game. Yeah, that's, that's take not a good dart, throw it at the schedule, put it on the dartboard, throw it at the schedule, pick any home game. They outdrew it. That that does not bode well for baseball. When the Yankees are getting is are being outdrawn by soccer, that's yeah. uh, it's not that's a it's not a good day. Any word of how the ticket prices were for that? They had to give them away. Nobody'd pay for that, would they? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm wondering how much money people spent because that because Yankee games are like buying. It's, it's actually cheaper to go to a Bills game than it is to go to a Yankee game, of which there are 81 in a season versus eight, at least this year, eight at Ralph Wilson Stadium. Hey, it's Christmas in July. Christmas in July. All of baseball and especially its fans were given a special treat this past week when legendary Dodgers broadcaster Vin Scully announced that he would return next year for. How many years do you think he's been at this? And if you know, don't 114. Guess. No. Am I close? No. You're yeah. an idiot. He was there with Moses. And you're an idiot. Zach, <laughs> you got any idea? I'm going to say 56. 66th season. Mm-hmm. The man is 86 year old, and he says he just isn't ready to walk away yet. He's simply, and, and this, I love this, he just enjoys the game. The fact was driven home, he says, during uh, the Braves-Dodgers game in which he made the announcement. B.J. Upton's on third. A fly ball's hit to Yasiel Puig. He says he felt like the crowd. He inched forward and was saying to himself, this is going to be great. He was looking forward to Upton running on Puig. I mean, just his joy of the game. And if you have... Is there anything better? Is there a better voice in the game? No, never. Not at all. I have... uh, the MLB package or whatever on DirecTV. I cannot wait to watch a Dodgers broadcast just because of him. Like I don't you, even care you for the have Dodgers. it all year. Yeah, 
For you've never invited me over. I get it when they <laughs> offer it for free. One week in the middle of the season, one week at the beginning. I uh, don't tell my wife. She doesn't know. She just thinks I'm watching baseball. And all of Rochester whatever. now knows. <laughs> Zach, you were going to add to that, Vince Scully. Um, one of the things that I like the most about Vince Scully, not only does he have an amazing voice and does he tell amazing stories, but I listened to an interview with him this summer, and he's just, despite being pretty much a god in the Los Angeles area and to most baseball fans, he's, if you listen to him talk, he's the humblest guy you've ever listened to. He keeps saying, you know, oh, I'm lucky enough to have this job. I'm blessed enough to have this job. And, and I just try to get out of the way so my viewers can know what's going on. And it's, he's just a joy to listen to. I'm glad he's coming back. Yeah, you got you got the maybe the second greatest voice, Dan Borello, doing the voice that brings us back from the uh, commercial breaks every now and again, a couple of times during the program. I love what Sec- I do. Uh, second greatest voice, only to Vince Scully. <laughs> Vince says, "God is my judge." The last play, uh, that play last night, convinced me. If I had any doubts, I thought, "Here you are doing the same thing, getting the the exact same goosebumps from the thrill of anticipation of seeing a great play." That's a guy who just Loves the game of baseball. Uh, guys, it's going to be a weird night in Oakland Alameda County Stadium because it's Ioannis Cepeda's T-shirt giveaway night. If you're one of the first 10,000 fans, you get a free T-shirt featuring the Boston Red Sox new outfielder. Be one of the first 10,000 fans in Oakland Stadium and get yourself a shirt. Hey, we got a special show coming up later. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking to Chad Robichaux. I would l- read you the list of accomplishments of this man, but we'd be here. We only have an hour. Former MMA fighter Chad Robichaux will join us. We'll have part two of the Kevin Malone interview later on in the broadcast. You're listening to Benson and those guys on ESPN Rochester. The American dream is of a better future, a confident retirement. Those dreams have taken a beating lately. As an Ameriprise financial advisor, Nathan R. Wegman is dedicated to helping you keep your dreams alive by listening, planning, working with you one-on-one so you can retire your way with confidence. Call Nathan R. Wegman, financial advisor today at 585-272-0080. Office is located at 2024 West Henrietta Road, Building 3E, Rochester, New York, 14. Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Ameriprise Financial cannot guarantee future financial results. Title sponsor of Benson and those guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions, serving Rochester over 25 years. Want to get rid of carpenter ants, wasps, hornets, snakes, alligators, neighbors? Just kidding. They do it all. Fearing nothing but God, Town & Country Pest Solutions can get rid of those little critters that drive you and your household crazy. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Call 426 426- 5024. That's 426-5024. Or visit com. Looking for custom-made apparel for your team, your family, or your business? Look no further than Match Play Custom Apparel. Great design, great selection, great prices. You can order online, call, email, or stop in. It's at 439 Central Avenue in Rochester. Match Play Custom Apparel. You can visit them online at matchplaycustomapparel.com. Matchplaycustomapparel.com. Any design, any team, any logo, they'll do it. Matchplaycustomapparel.com. Does your neck hurt? Athletes, are your muscles feeling sore? Come to Mind and Body Massage Therapy with Danielle DeFrance, licensed massage therapist. Mind and Body treats each massage differently to suit differing needs. 
Our specialties include sports massage, ortho, and relaxation massage. To schedule an appointment, call Danielle at 585-944-9257. That's 944-9257. Mind and Body Massage Therapy. Located on Chai Lai Avenue, in front of the Target in the Wegmans Plaza, just below the dentist's office. Like them on Facebook, Mind and Body Massage Therapy. GNT Athletics is offering a very special basketball camp for boys ages 11 to 15. The camp is on Monday through Friday, August 11th through the 15th at the gym at North Star Christian Academy in Gates. To ensure individualized attention and training, enrollment is strictly limited to only 36 participants, so act fast. Cost of the camp is $40 and includes a basketball and t-shirt. There may even be an appearance by Benson or even me, Toronto Raptors' newest free agent fan signing. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. Welcome back to Benson and Those Guys here on ESPN Rochester. Welcome back to the program. Brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. We're joined now by Chad Robichaud. Now, Chad is the president and founder of Mighty Oaks Warrior Foundation. Chad is also an ordained pastor. He has a Ph.D. and MBA. He is a best-selling author. He's done eight tours in Afghanistan. He's a former MMA world champion, a Special Operations Force Recon Marine, and a Medal of Valor recipient. That is a very impressive list. Thanks for joining us, Chad. How are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing great. Good to be here. I'm excited to get to New York this week. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Hey, man, I was taken back to see the statistics that I saw on your website associated with post-traumatic stress disorder. 23 veteran per day suicide rate and a 90% divorce rate. Why don't we hear more about this problem? You know, uh, I think people are just uncomfortable talking about the the reality of it. Uh, you know, if you bring up you bring up issues like this, then you know, then you think, you think it would be associated with someone having to do something about it. So it's almost easier not to talk about. Those are incredible numbers. Now, you and your family fought through PTSD. Can you uh, can you share a little bit what that was like? Yeah, I mean, uh, I I'd, I'd like to say when I came home from the last tour in two thousand seven is when it started, but. And I believe it you know started early earlier on just through my life of uh you know the job and deploying overseas and the things that we you know as a you know in the special operations community uh working in isolated environments and just the demand of deploying over and over and over again it started to wear on me and I became this kind of bitter and cold person started uh you know changing the way I interacted with my family as far as uh, disassociate myself be more comfortable in Afghanistan than I was back at home and just wanting to be there constantly and kind of shelving my humanity, feeling that I had to make the decision to put my humanity and my, my Christianity, my faith on a shelf and to do my job in Afghanistan. And, you know, that it eventually caught up with me and came home in 2007, was diagnosed with a post-traumatic stress disorder. And I, I truly had no idea what it was at the time. I, you know, I always make a joke when I speak that you know, when I, heard, when I was told I had PTSD, I thought it was something I contracted um, from the local food or something. I had no idea what, what it was. And, but it, you know, it, it almost destroyed my family. We went down this three-year downward spiral, and, um, you know, and we got, it all came crashing down. My wife and I got, I, I got um, moved out of the home. We got separated uh, for about three months and, uh, and, you know, almost lost everything that was most important to me. During that during that three years, however, everything looked really successful. I was able to I was able to make it look good on the surface because I didn't want anybody to know I had problems. 
so I kind of uh, found ways to hide them. One one was uh, uh, through my um, experience as an athlete. You know, I've been a, a martial arts and wrestled my whole life, and even before going to Afghanistan, um, I was already competing as a professional MMA fighter. So I just really dove into that and opened the school. I had about um, a thousand students, and uh, I was fighting on Showtime and Strikeforce, and main event on Bellator and some really big venues. I was undefeated, and everyone um, kind of lifted me up and told me everything I wanted to hear. But uh, I didn't have anybody in my life really at the time that told me the things I needed to hear, and uh, and I really um, isolated myself. And it was just a big fake facade, you know, of, of success. But underneath uh, all that, I was really struggling. I was, uh, you know, felt felt very weak for having failed. I felt I felt I felt I had failed at my job as a you know, in in Afghanistan, and um, you know it all came crashing down. My wife uh, brought me divorce papers, and she uh, she told me she said, uh, "How can you do the things you did? And, you know, deployed, be willing to die for your country. Um, how could you train for the fight?" She watched me train for MMA fights and see how hard the work ethic it took to get ready for an MMA fight, especially like losing weight cutting the weight and she's like how could you do all these things when it comes to your family you'll quit and uh you know I had, and she was right I had, I had quit on the most important things in my life and uh one of the first things was uh my, my faith had been just totally rattled and I lost my faith and and uh, my health I quit on my own health I quit on my um my role as a husband and my role as a as a father I quit on all the most important things in my life and it was just something to reflect on and uh it was a very low moment in my life and I, but I knew at that time that I had to take the same tools and skills and disciplines that had made me successful in my professional life because I had been pretty successful in my professional life. I take those take those things and apply them where it mattered most. Was it that and, moment uh, that uh, that was at the rock bottom moment where that you know that realization of all that you've been uh, fighting against was working against you? Is is that when you started to recover from this? Yeah, that, that was my that was definitely my rock bottom moment. I mean, that time my wife and I were apart uh, was probably the time that I was most uh, most suicidal. Um, I, I wanted to, you know, I thought um, just like most of the other veterans, that you see 23 a day. I, I thought that my family's life would be easier without me. Um, I didn't want to face the issues that I were that I was dealing with. I didn't want to go to a counselor. I didn't want a doctor. I didn't want to be stuck on a bunch of pills. Uh, that you know, had friends that were, and I see these guys now. They're you know, 23 pills a day. 25 pills a day for for PTSD. I didn't want to be living that way. So um, you know, you you start thinking there's no hope, there's no way out, and and I was there. And um, but you know, a good friend to work with, he says a uh, rock bottom ended up being a pretty good foundation to build on. And uh, you know, that's where we were. We, we we were right there at rock bottom. And when I made this these decisions, I um I, I was 180 degrees. Uh, uh, it was 180 degrees in my life, and I made them a pretty drastic uh, change and and, uh, and I committed to it and it wasn't it wasn't easy but um but it, you know looking back it was it was worth it and um you know not only not only uh did I get better but it became the foundation to build uh, to build our uh, to build our ministry off of how did you uh, you mentioned that you were in, you were involved in MMA prior to Afghanistan how did you first get involved in MMA as as a professional you know I, I I'm probably like a, a lot different than different generation of the MMA fighter as uh, a lot of the young guys today. Um, I mean, I've been competing for, I've been a professional since, since um, 1999, I think my first professional fight. So for me, uh, you know, wrestling and uh, doing martial arts as a kid, 
I competed my whole life, so competing in MMA was never like, I want to be a professional MMA fighter one day. It was just a natural progression. I just competed, and I competed, and there was a next-level competition, and, you know, there was a point in my life in, in the late 90s where, you know, I'd, I had uh, had the opportunity to compete in these uh, kind of mixed events that were called uh, they were called Pancrase or NHB in the holds bar at the time, and they were really uh, wasn't on the high-profile level that they are now, and uh, so I competed. I competed that way, and, uh, and then one day I was, you know, competing that way as an amateur. And one day I had a friend come and say, "Hey, there's this tournament, this four-man tournament, and you can compete in, and they'll actually pay you to do it." And there's, there's going to be doctors there, even, which was like a big plus from the things that I had been competing in. So, uh, and then, <laughs> un- unbeknownst to me, it was it was a professional event, and uh, you know, I didn't even know it was a professional. I was I competed as a professional until after the fact. So much different than now. I never had intentions to be, uh, you know be on television fighting in a, as a professional athlete, but uh, it just it just ended up that way. And um, I really love the sport. There's a, our sport has a lot of very uh, positive people in it, very, um, a lot of sportsmanship, a lot of loyalty and respect toward, as martial artists. So, um, you know, I've been very, very proud to be a part of it and watch it grow and, and become more accepted. Now, you retired, is that correct? I've retired several times. Oh, <laughs> you should have read Leonard. <laughs> yeah, I've retired several times. I'm 38 years old. I, I, I fought this last October. Uh, I fought Andrew Yates um, on, on NBC Sports. He's a, he was undefeated, uh, 24-year-old. Uh, you know, and and um, the opportunity has presented itself several times to put, you know, to both put my ministry on center stage and, and what we do on center stage, uh, you know, on a network like NBC Sports or NBC or uh, you know MTV Showtime, all those opportunities have presented themselves. HD Net as well, and you know it's it's so it's hard to say no. Uh, however, um, you know getting to do things like Kingdom Bound that I'm going to get to do this weekend. Those are other ways also that I'm getting to do public speaking. And I, I do a lot of public speaking in churches, so I get to you know spread the message of what we do in those ways as well. And yeah. there has to be a point that I have to hang up those gloves eventually. And uh, you know I'm, I'm thinking right now. Um, and maybe have one more, two more fights, or, or, or you know, maybe I'm, I'm done. I don't, I don't know. So every time I say I'm done, I end up, I end up jumping in there again. I am on contract with NBC still to, to, uh, to fight for them. So uh, it's just a great opportunity to get out there, and, and, and I still love competing. I'm a competitor. Uh, I don't think uh, if you're a true competitor, I don't think you're ever ready to retire. You've mentioned your ministry. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah. So we. Um, we started the uh, Mighty Oaks Warrior programs. Uh, as we started off as a foundation, it eventually just became a set of programs, and and we basically built these programs off of the the story I told you about myself. You know, we we take the you take the principles of uh of these skills and disciplines that uh, that a military guy has the ability to uh, you know to to orientate themselves towards a goal and, and attack it and, and be successful at, uh, at accomplishing it and put it into the things that matter most in their life to learn the, what, what are the most important things in my life that I'm, that I'm willing to fight for and, and how do I do that. And uh, we, we partnered with a guy named uh, Tier Screen, who's a phenomenal men's pastor. This was right when we started the ministry. And um, it started off as a, as, as a veterans men's ministry for PTSD. And basically what we're doing is the same thing that, that I did was you know, I just find what what it what it is in our life that that we're willing to fight for and it's worth fighting for. You know, for most of us, it would be you know our, our faith and our family and our health and and those things. 
And uh, so the way we, the approach we've taken was was coming up with this program called Fight Club, and you know again identifying what things in life are worth fighting for. We looked at a the, the basically a blueprint a blueprint of what a man is uh, in, in accordance to the Bible. So who God created us to to be, and we contrast that to our to our life uh, to our life that we're living. And and in looking at that contrast, you find out the areas that you're weak in. And um, through put through peers peers uh, and peer mentorship and and fight and putting the plans together. Kind of figure out ways, figure out ways for each of the guys to move towards, to move towards uh, strengthening these areas. And and when you do that, PTSD becomes a small thing. You know, if I uh, if I give a, a guy who came back from Afghanistan, he's just messed with PTSD, and I give him all the proper cope, uh, coping skills and whatever psychologists recommend for him to do, they don't work because the guy just doesn't want to want to do them. He's got PTSD. He's, he's messed up. Um, so he doesn't want to do these. He doesn't want to implement these skills. So we um we kind of take a step back from PTSD and go a little bit deeper into um, who the guy is by uh, on an everyday basis. How does he manage his time? What's character defined? In, how does he define character? How does he, um, what's discipline look like in his life? How does he manage his money? How does he look like, How does he look at the value of possessions? Uh, how does he manage his marriage? And those types of things, if you can manage those things in your life and be more in line with who God created us to be, then uh, PTSD becomes a very easy thing to deal with. Chad, you talk about your your faith. Can you share with us how you first came to meet Jesus as Savior? Well, I started off as a Christian as a young teenager. Had a, I grew up a pretty rough childhood and had a family that was a that that was a friend that I was friends of a, one of the sons, and they went to a, a, a Christian church, so I followed in the church. Me and a you know more stable more stable family environment than I than I had. I followed them to church and 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 uh, was introduced to Christ there and. And I, I think when I got married, I was me, me and my wife were, you know, we were uh, 18 and 19 years old, so we were really young. And she had almost the same similar experience. So we started off our, our marriage uh, going to church, and but we really never had an intimate relationship with God. We never really knew what it meant to truly um, to truly be obedient to God because we didn't have that model um, for us. You know, being a young married couple, we didn't have a good example of what a marriage looked like and and those things. So it was really, it was really shallow relationships. So when things got really hard, uh, you know, bring Afghanistan into picture and those deployments for four years, when things got really hard, our foundation, our faith, the foundation of our faith wasn't able to stand up. Um, so it wasn't until coming home and really following our faith and uh, and and learning, you know, what a what a true relationship meant as a Christian and with Christ. And uh, so it took me putting some good mentors in my life. Um, some good, strong Christian men that actually show me what that was, show me what a man of God is supposed to look like, show us what um, a marriage covenant in, in a relationship with Christ is supposed to look like. And uh, so that didn't happen until you know, later years of my life. And 2007 uh, was when we really fell fell hard, and it was you know, three years after that, 2010, when we, before we started um, really getting an understanding of what, a, what it meant to, um, to actually live a live the Christian life and live a, a life by uh, by design, the life that God intended for us to live. The power of solid discipleship. Now, you're speaking several times this upcoming week. I got the list here. What uh, what can people expect to hear when you when you share with them? You know, we're going to, um, Kathy and I are going to talk together. When, when Kathy and I uh, speak together, she's going to, She's going to be able to speak more on the, uh, on the side of a wife, a wife having gone through the hardships of a, the hardships of a, you know, a husband that wasn't, you know, living in his role as as a uh, as a man of God. Um, the hardships that we we're gonna we're gonna speak together about um, our separation, what that looked like, 
and their and their redemption that came in it. And you know, Kathy uh, loves to speak about forgiveness. She loves um, she because she just um, I mean she just has a, this forgiving heart, but it comes from a perspective that wasn't some naive girl that was just uh, you know quick to jump back into a relationship. She uh, she had to seek true forgiveness and uh, and true understanding to be able to see me the way God sees me. And um, and there was a lot of uh, healing that take, take, has taken place. So Kathy's going to speak a lot about about that. I'm going to speak about um, I'm going to speak about my experience as a as a uh, as a military veteran, as an athlete, and the uh, the the good and bad. You know, we get out there and we speak we speak about our, our hardships. We speak about the, um, our weaknesses. You know, just like Paul did. You know, Paul Paul in the Bible talks about being able to boast. You know, he could have boasted. He could have bragged. He had every right to do so, but he spoke about his weakness. Because I think that's the power of testimony. We talk about our, we talk about our hardships and the things that we struggle with, and we we glorify God in the in the, in the ways that we recovered from it, and uh, in the power of uh, the power of healing, the power of prayer, the power of that uh, God that God uses to uh, transform our lives and use them and use them ultimately for His glory. And um, I believe everybody has a testimony when when they uh, when they go through a process of redemption and transformation. And ultimately, uh, you could use that testimony to fulfill your purpose that God has in your life. Well, what a blessing uh, to think, Chad. You know, when your marriage was on the rocks and you were you were struggling, and now here your wife and you are traveling together at speaking engagements. That just speaks to the power of God and healing. And man, that's a beautiful thing. Uh, if you want to hear yeah. Chad, he's going to be. I'm going to read this list. He's you got a lot of opportunities in this upcoming week. He'll be at Bethel Christian Fellowship on East Avenue in Rochester on Sunday, August 3rd at 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. He'll be at Kingdom Bound uh, Monday the 4th at 1.30 and 3 p.m. Tuesday at 4 p.m. and Wednesday at 4 p.m. And then he closes out his week here in New York at Victory Baptist in Fairport on uh, Wednesday, August 6th at 6 p.m. Uh, Chad, how can people get involved in your ministry? Do you want to share your website? Can they buy books or DVDs, or how can they help you? Yeah, I mean, um, if you're, I, I do have a, a number one best-selling book. It's uh, it's called Redeployed, and uh, you know, again, it talks about my story coming home and being redeployed to that new new fight when you get home. But uh, you know, the two ways that people could support us is one is Serving California. That's the organization that we run all our programs through at our ranch here in California. We bring veterans here and spouses. We bring them here for totally 100 uh, percent free to the veterans, free to the spouses, and we we uh, put them on the same path to healing that me and Kathy went down. So uh, Serving California is kind of our our parent organization to run our programs. Uh, MightyOaksWarriorPrograms.org is is where uh, people could register for our programs. And learn more about what we actually do, yeah, you know, in the, in the trenches and working with these guys. Uh, we get about we get about thirty uh, veterans a month here at, here at the ranch, wow. and most of them are active duty military. And again, they're all they're all all free. We, we cover everything. So, well, what a very unique ministry. Um, I'm going to try and get out Sunday night. I'd love to hear you and your wife speak. Um, and it sounds exciting. I want to thank you. It has been an honor to talk to you. Thanks for joining us again. Folks, I encourage you to get out and hear Chad. Uh, we'll read this list again towards the end of the program. But, Chad, thanks for joining us, and may God bless all that you're doing. Thank you so much. Hey, God bless you guys. I really hope to meet you in person down there. So if you're there, say hi, please. I'll do that. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys on ESPN Rochester.
Hey, youth baseball players, Team Valley is expanding for this upcoming year and will be holding tryouts for 10U, 12U, 13U, 15, 16, and 17U divisions. Tryouts will be at the Grace and Truth Sports Park in Hilton on August 16th and 23rd. If you have questions or want more information, contact Dave Valley at dave at teamvalley.com. That's dave at teamvalley.com, V-A-L-L-E. By the way, they will also be holding tryouts for their 14 and 16U softball teams on August 3rd and 10th. Again, contact Dave at TeamValley.com. Title sponsor of Benson and those guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions, serving Rochester over 25 years. Want to get rid of carpenter ants, wasps, hornets, snakes, alligators, neighbors? Just kidding. They do it all. Fearing nothing but God, Town & Country Pest Solutions can get rid of those little critters that drive you and your household crazy. Town & Country Pest Solutions. Fearing nothing but God. Call 426 426- 5024. That's 426-5024. Or visit com. Looking for custom-made apparel for your team, your family, or your business? Look no further than Match Play Custom Apparel. Great design, great selection, great prices. You can order online, call, email, or stop in. It's at 439 Central Avenue in Rochester. Match Play Custom Apparel. You can visit them online at matchplaycustomapparel.com. Matchplaycustomapparel.com. Any design, any team, any logo, they'll do it. Matchplaycustomapparel.com. The American dream is of a better future, a confident retirement. Those dreams have taken a beating lately. As an Ameriprise financial advisor, Nathan R. Wegman is dedicated to helping you keep your dreams alive by listening, planning, working with you one-on-one so you can retire your way with confidence. Call Nathan R. Wegman, financial advisor today at 585-272-0080. Office is located at 2024 West Henrietta Road, Building 3E, Rochester, New York, 140. Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Ameriprise Financial cannot guarantee future financial results. GNT Athletics is offering a very special basketball camp for boys ages 11 to 15. The camp is on Monday through Friday, August 11th through the 15th at the gym at North Star Christian Academy in Gates. To ensure individualized attention and training, enrollment is strictly limited to only 36 participants, so act fast. Cost of the camp is $40 and includes a basketball and t-shirt. There may even be an appearance by Benson or even me, Toronto Raptors' newest free agent fan signing. For more information or to register, visit GNT antiathletics.info Welcome back to Benson and Those Guys here on ESPN Rochester. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys presented by Town and Country Pest Solutions. And fellas, I gotta ask you this. The trade deadline has come and gone. Are the Red Sox beating the Yankees at their own game? On this program just last week, we talked about the Red Sox and their ability to retool with young talent and then go right back after a down year after a championship. And that used to be the Yankees' strength. But the Yankees have been signing aged players, older players, two or three years after they wanted them initially, and then they get them a couple of years later after their productiveness is gone. Uh, The Red Sox have made some great trades. They have set themselves up, uh, obviously getting, we mentioned earlier, Suspedes, for Lester and Gomes, Brilliant. Uh, getting Alan Craig and Joe Kelly. Now, Zach, you had an interesting take on that deal. Uh, giving up Lackey, I think, is a win for the Red Sox. I was looking at it saying Alan Craig is a steal, you know, an all-star in 2013, but you think that Joe Kelly was uh, 
I like Joe Kelly a lot. Um, he's a young guy, mid-20s, throws very hard with a good breaking ball. As you pointed out on the way here, Benson, he's already started a World Series game. Um, he's somebody that can be in your rotation for a decade as an above-average young pitcher. And, and when you factor in that they got Craig in that deal, I feel like they ripped off the Cardinals in that trade. Uh, I have Joe Kelly's uh, a career with St. Louis. He was 17-14 and 14 with a 3-2-5 ERA. And like Zach just said, he started in a World Series game at 26 years old or maybe 25 last year, whatever it was. I love what the Red Sox did. It bothers me as a Yankees fan, but this has just been a fantastic trade deadline for the Red Sox. To me, the Red Sox are the best organization in baseball by far, and it kills me as a Yankee fan to say that. But they have finally, it's like, well, not only do they reverse the curse, but they reverse the way you're supposed to do things. They're not afraid to take a dip for a year and then bounce back, and that's what they've done. None of their starters from last year's World Series are even with the organization anymore. They're not afraid to do that. Or the Yankees make these like hokey, like, put pieces together because we're going to put Brian Roberts on the, uh, you know, up for assignment and stuff like that. Hey, he just miss, missing parts. Let's just extend Derek Jeter's uh, uh, final year even longer like a hospice patient. Let's just extend their life. I mean, that's kind of what the Yankees are doing. To me, Billy Bean had to make the trade with Oakland because for all the movies and all the accolades, he's won one playoff series his entire general manager's career, and this was the movie he had to make to go acquire Jed Lowry. Yeah, both teams hurt, but both teams are going to benefit from this. The Yankees need to not just look out. Forget this year. Forget next year, too, because there's nothing left for that team. Yeah, I think I think when you get to this part of the season, as I said before, you look at what you are, and if you're a 500 club, that's what you are. It's not April. You don't have that time to bounce back. You are a 500 team. Uh, Stephen Drew, Martin Prado, these guys aren't getting you into the playoffs. These guys aren't making the difference for you. Just stacking I, infielders, great. And I realize <laughs> the Yankees are kind of strapped with with not as many movable parts, but You've got to make some moves bigger than that. This is not putting you in contention. You've got to scale it down, scrap it, and start over. It's funny that you're mentioning Billy Bean in this discussion because I feel like what the Yankees have done this month with their trades is sort of what Billy Bean used to be about in Moneyball. Now, the, the figures are more expensive, sure, but the philosophy that the Yankees have shown this year in their trades is we're not going to go out and bring in that one superstar guy. We're going to... We're going to nickel and dime it. We're going to, okay, Solarte, not great at third base. We've upgraded a little bit with Headley. All right, right field was a black hole. We've upgraded a little bit with Prado. All right, Brian Roberts was not great at second base. We've upgraded a little bit defensively with Stephen Drew. And they're hoping that the sum of these incremental upgrades, I guess, is greater than the parts that, that combined it helps. Well, that's garbage. This is the New York Yankees. We want an all-star at every position. We don't want to just get by with money ball. We want to win, and we want to win every time we take the field. And I feel like the Red Sox are taking over as being the team that does that. It is 100% over for the Yankees this year. I know they— And they next year. Yeah. I, and next year. The, the Yankees—I mean, the, the Red Sox, I'm pretty sure, might win the World Series next year. They're going to be fantastic. But look at the athletics and the Tigers' rotation now. you got the, the A's with Lester, Gray, Kazmir, and uh, Zamarja. Who cares who the fifth starter is? Then the Tigers' rotation now is Verlander, Scherzer, Price, Sanchez, and Porcello. That means the Tigers have the last three AL Cy Young Award winners in one rotation. That used to be the Yankees back in the uh, late nineties. Yeah, th- this is it's it is over for everyone else in the AL except for the A's and the and the Tigers. It's it's amazing. I got to tell you, I am already looking forward to October. 
that that series between the A's and the Tigers. Does anybody else have a chance? By the way, I mean it's the A's and the Tigers, right? So if nobody gets hurt, absolutely. I don't is, think there's anybody who's got a shot. That right is now. going to be tremendous. And in the National League, you got the Dodgers and the Cardinals have really helped themselves mm-hmm. out. Man, the Yankees don't figure into it. No, they don't. It's going to be great baseball come October. I think if you're if you're an AL team other than those two teams, you have to hope the A's and Tigers play each other earlier in the playoffs and go seven games and just beat the crap out of each other, and and you catch them worn out because that's the only way you're getting past those guys. Another move that I really like today. It also involved the Red Sox. Was they they gave and they they got rid of Andrew Miller to the to the Orioles. And the Orioles already had a top 10 bullpen this year, and they just got better. And the Orioles win games by matching up. They got another great bullpen arm, and they're already in first in the AL East right now anyway. So. If, you're, if you're a baseball fan first before you're a Yankee fan, which I think I, I like to hope I am, that you're going to have great October baseball coming up as Benson said. That'd be fantastic. That's that's what's that's what's really cool. And you know, I think if you're a Yankee fan, you have to. I think the big picture is nobody knows who's running the organization. Is it Cashman? Is it these? Is it the Steinbrenners? Or is it the dude in Tampa picking the players, David Oppenheimer? Because they have no farm system. I mean, give me one prospect they could have given up. Nobody of any significance. No. There isn't anybody available. Here's the deal, and you heard it here uh, on Benson and those guys. The Yankees are crap. The Red Sox rule. They're playing soccer in Yankee Stadium. And this is from four Yankees fans in a room. You're listening to Benson and those guys on ESPN Rochester. Hey, youth baseball players. Team Valley is expanding for this upcoming year and will be holding tryouts for 10U, 12U, 13U, 15, 16, and 17U divisions. Tryouts will be at the Grace and Truth Sports Park in Hilton on August 16th and 23rd. If you have questions or want more information, contact Dave Valley at dave at teamvalley.com. That's dave at teamvalley.com, V-A-L-L-E. By the way, they will also be holding tryouts for their 14 and 16U softball teams on August 3rd and 10th. Again, contact Dave at teamvalley.com. The American dream is of a better future, a confident retirement. Those dreams have taken a beating lately. As an Ameriprise financial advisor, Nathan R. Wegman is dedicated to helping you keep your dreams alive by listening, planning, working with you one-on-one so you can retire your way with confidence. Call Nathan R. Wegman, financial advisor today at 585-272-0080. Office is located at 2024 West Henrietta Road, Building 3E, Rochester, New York, 140. Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Ameriprise Financial cannot guarantee future financial results. Title sponsor of Benson and those guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions, serving Rochester over 25 years. Want to get rid of carpenter ants, wasps, hornets, snakes, alligators, neighbors? Just kidding. They do it all. Fearing nothing but God, Town & Country Pest Solutions can get rid of those little critters that drive you and your household crazy. Town & Country Pest Solutions. Fearing nothing but God. Call 426 426- 5024. That's 426-5024. Or visit town and GNT Athletics is offering a very special basketball camp for boys ages 11 to 15. The camp is on Monday through Friday, August 11th through the 15th at the gym at North Star Christian Academy in Gates. To ensure individualized attention and training, enrollment is strictly limited to only 36 participants, so act fast. Cost of the camp is $40 and includes a basketball and t-shirt. There may even be an appearance by Benson or even me, Toronto Raptors' newest free agent fan signing. For more information or to register, visit GNT 
antiathletics.info. Looking for custom-made apparel for your team, your family, or your business? Look no further than Match Play Custom Apparel. Great design, great selection, great prices. You can order online, call, email, or stop in. It's at 439 Central Avenue in Rochester. Match Play Custom Apparel. You can visit them online at matchplaycustomapparel.com. Matchplaycustomapparel.com. Any design, any team, any logo, they'll do it. Matchplaycustomapparel.com. Welcome back to Benson and Those Guys here on ESPN Rochester. We're joined by Kevin Malone, former general manager with the L.A. Dodgers, Montreal Expos, oversaw the fire sale of the Expos after that terrific but strike-shortened 94 season. Last week we talked to Kevin about his ministry in human trafficking, and uh, this week we want to ask him about his family, how he was tested, and um, how his faith in God carried them through this time. Kevin, I know you, in my conversations with you, you always you talk about your family a lot. Now, you have one son, one daughter. Is that true? Yeah, I've got a son and a daughter. They're a little bit older. My son, uh, God spared his life and rescued him. Uh, July 2nd of 2013, he almost died. He was minutes from death. All his vitals were shutting down. He had a virus uh, in his system, and uh, basically uh, he was... Uh, was going to minutes away from death, and and uh, God spared his life. And a couple of days later, the neurologist told my wife and I we should pull the plug and starve him to death because he was going to be a severe in a severe vegetative state the rest of his life, and he wouldn't want to live like that. And we said no. God had a different plan for him, and you know he was in a coma two months, and we went to three different hospitals, and God is healing. He, God is Jehovah Rapha, the Great Almighty Healer, and my son walked out of the hospital. Uh, uh, a little over five and a half months after he first entered the hospital in uh, Craig Hospital in in, in Inglewood, Colorado. Uh, great, great medical staff, great doctor there. Alan Weintraub had a traumatic brain injury, and we're just praising the Lord every day, guys, because of you know Lord, Lord's love and mercy and grace on my son gave my son a second chance. And and just so everybody knows, my son wasn't a follower of Jesus. He wasn't a believer. He is now. God used this experience. He had an encounter with the Lord, and he's now on fire for the Lord, studying the Word and seeking God. Loves to worship, seeking God's presence, and uh, we're, I'm just praising the Lord every day. I've been to many third world countries, and I've seen some what what people would call miracles. But when you see a miracle in your own home, and your son has been rescued and, re- and saved from. Not only physical death, but spiritual death, and eternity separated from the Lord. Uh, I'm just blown away every day, and I'm praising the Lord, and uh, I'm just thanking God right now publicly again uh, for His love and mercy on my son, my wife, my my daughter, and myself that we get a second chance. Not only did He get a second chance of life, we're getting a second chance as parents uh, to to enjoy Him, and uh, he, he's a senior at USC out in Los Angeles, and. Uh, I'm just excited. I'm just so grateful to God, and uh, and uh, He is real. God is is real. He is a God of miracles. He is a healing God, and uh, I just want to shout from the rooftops how amazing God is. I feel like uh, Kevin to hear you talk about your ministries, to hear you talk, uh, you know, how God's grace has, and His mercy has been on your family. 
uh, to, to remind our listeners, this is a former general manager of Major League Baseball teams. Uh, this is a long ways. The human trafficking ministry is a long ways from the uh, the job you used to hold. You talk about the doctors uh, suggested uh, that your son wasn't going to come through this, and you stepped out on faith, you and your family. Uh, what was their reaction when they saw Sean come well, out of the hospital? Well, um, we haven't gone back to see the first neurologist because when we left the hospital there, we were there about 12 days, and then we went to another hospital in Los Angeles. I told him on the way out, when he said, hey, you know, I, I really think you guys need to pull the plug, and I said, we're going to come back and see you when Sean's recovered, and uh, this Jesus who I've been telling you about is real, and uh, you're going to see a miracle of God. He says, you know, kind of flippantly, but I hope so, but I don't think that's going to happen. So anyway, my son and I and my wife and daughter are looking forward to that that encounter with this neurologist. But along the way, other doctors, nurses who are more into the science of of medicine and and don't really really haven't experienced God or had an encounter with the Lord. They don't. They they even publicly have said, I would say three or four doctors I can think of that this is this is a miracle. This is something. This is a God thing. We don't really have a faith in God or believe in God, but you know this has got to be some supreme being or this is God and. You guys must have a, a close relationship with this God that you talk about because his recovery is uh, something we can't explain in, in human terms. So God has used that along the way to show his glory to people that he is real, he is genuine. And that's what I want your listeners to know is that God loves them. And no matter what you're going through, the pain that my wife and I and daughter suffered through this, the experience, I mean, I, there was Many days, guys, I didn't feel like I wanted to live. I couldn't handle this, but I just kept clinging and hanging on to the Lord, trusting His His faithfulness, His Word, the prayers of many friends and people around the country. And God is faithful. God loves each and every one of us, and sometimes it doesn't feel like that. And we go through some painful, ugly, hurtful things, but He is real. He does love us, and... Uh, and and I just encourage people to seek God wholeheartedly. I'm just running after Him. I'm desperate for the Lord. I've had all the best that the world has to offer. I was GM of the year. I've been on championship Major League Baseball teams. I've got championship rings. I've done all the things in the world, but nothing satisfies like a relationship with the Lord Amen. and worshiping Him and being in His presence. Wow, that's awesome. If the doctors can't see through this time uh, type of an event, then... You know, the Bible calls well, we walk, it unwillingly. You know, brother, we walk by faith, not by sight. And, and you know, it's we're blessed to be in His family. God pursues each and every one of us. And by His grace and mercy, we become His children, and, and we know Him as Abba, Father. And uh, through that's through the forgiveness of our sins and faith in, in Jesus Christ. And we repent, we turn away from a lifestyle of, of us being God and seeking our own pleasures and we turn to God and we seek him and we we live for him and life's about an audience for one and that's that's him so uh, I've had all the best the world has to offer and I wouldn't trade uh, my relationship with the Lord the joy of the Lord nothing compares in this world and again I've tasted the best the world has to offer and that's second best compared to what Jesus Christ has to offer you know I have so many weak moments Kevin throughout the days the weeks uh 
through this whole experience did you ever did you ever have doubts i've had doubts along the way i think that's part of our faith growing uh you know the doubts come from me personally because i'm a weak man i'm a weak human being and i have issues and i have baggage and i'm sinful but i never doubted god you know i knew whatever happened that god wanted what was best and and, and his will was going to be served and 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 he was going to be honored and glorified. So, yeah, the question is, did I have doubts? Yeah, I doubted myself, and I doubted my faith, and I doubted what I could do because I had no control. But I never doubted the Lord because throughout my, oh, it's been now about, I've been following the Lord about 55 years, 56 years, come August. Uh, no, 50, no, that's how old I'll be, 30, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I came to know the Lord at 21 years of age, so I'll be 57, so... What's that? 36 years I've been following the Lord. The Lord's always been faithful. He's always provided. So the doubt comes on my on my part, uh, not on the Lord's part, because the Lord is faithful, and, and He's always there, and He just wants a relationship with us. So that's a great question. And, you know, I think the more we can spend time in God's Word, study the Scriptures, pray, have fellowship with other believers, and worship and serve others, I think that doubt becomes less and less because we see God... We see him responding. God is at work. God is real, and he's, his glory is out there. We just got to slow down, smell the roses, so to speak, and, and, and let God you know, reveal himself to us. If you're seeking him, running after him wholeheartedly, you will find God, and you will, you will know him. You mentioned that uh, that happened for you at 21. Can you tell us a little bit about how you first found God, how you came to Christ? I came to know the Lord in, in 1979. I was a, 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 I was a junior in college, and uh, I was chasing after the world, but baseball was my God, and I tore my hamstring opening day, and uh, and I was going to supposedly or possibly be drafted into professional baseball. So I uh, was pretty upset, disappointed, and uh, and I was at a Christian, no, excuse me, it was a regular bookstore, and the power of positive thinking uh I said, maybe I need some positive thoughts. Maybe I need to to start thinking more positively about life because I'm kind of bummed out about being injured and not being able to, you know, play that season. And through that book, The Power of Positive Thinking, Norman, Dr. Norman Vincent Peale uses scripture. And as it says in Isaiah 55, the word won't return void. The word of God, and I grew up in a religious family, but I never really had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I knew of him, but I didn't know him in my heart. It was like 18 inches from my head to my heart. And through reading scriptures in that book, it convicted me and made me realize that I was a sinner separated from God and didn't have a personal relationship with him. And he uh, he opened my eyes, he opened my heart, and I came to know him through the scriptures. And that was, again, my junior year in college. And it's been, a, it's been an amazing journey. I can't imagine life without the Lord being in it. And that doesn't mean I've... Uh, it's been easy or it's been perfect, but uh, the Lord's been with me along the way, and I've had my ups and downs, and, and I've had a lot to celebrate, and I've had a lot to, you know, to be discouraged about, but that's life. And uh, But the Lord's always been there, and the Lord's always been, uh, you know, His love's been around me and surrounded me, and, and I can feel it and sense it, and I'm just thankful to the Lord that uh, I, I'm, I'm a follower of His. Hey, Kevin, as you went through this uh Dramatic experience with your son, your family. Was there any uh, specific verses of scripture that you leaned on during that time? 
good question. I think, you know, the one verse that stands out is Psalm 1611, which says, Oh, Lord, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are, are pleasures forevermore. I just realized through that scripture and some other scriptures that, uh, uh, you know, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, uh, various scriptures, God would, you know, bring them to mind when I needed them. But, you know, just being in the presence of God, and I think, you know, we're battling, we're in a spiritual battle, a spiritual warfare every day, uh, just fighting, you know, fighting the good fight, as, as, as the Lord talks about. And uh, so just clinging to certain scriptures, you know, there's so many different scriptures that will bring healing and, and bring encouragement to our hearts. But I just think, you know, seeking the Lord wholeheartedly uh, and, and, and looking for Him and being open to Him and having a heart that's humble uh, and surrendered before Him uh, will will change and transform our lives. And so, uh, but there's a lot of different ones. But I think Psalm 1611, uh, Philippians 3, 8, 9, um, uh, again, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Uh, just, uh, I'm not quoting those because I want some of the readers to look them up. You know, it's a little homework task I'm, uh, mm. I'm giving out to your readers now. They can open their word up. And uh, and God will God will meet us right where we're at. You know, sometimes I talk to people, God can't forgive me for all the things I've done, you know, the things I'm doing. You know, God will meet us right where he's at. He's there waiting for us. So no matter where someone is, God loves them, and he's waiting for them to respond uh, to him. So that's that's the word that I, I would have for any any of your listeners. That's Kevin Malone sharing how God has carried his family through a difficult time and how his faith and trust in Christ has supported them. All right, those guys, let me ask you, do you have your useless information, Zach? I do. After the 2009 season... The Detroit Tigers traded Curtis Granderson to the Yankees in a three-team deal. They got, among other things, Max Scherzer and Austin Jackson. They still have Max Scherzer. He won the Cy Young last year. This week, they traded Jackson for David Price, which means by trading Curtis Granderson, they've acquired the last two Cy Young winners. When you add in Verlander the year before, that's given them the last three AL Cy Young winners. Hmm. Winner. That is useless. Dan, set the clock. Darren, your unreasonable minute. I don't think ESPN covers the NFL enough. Sports Center specials where I get a glimpse into the Seahawks training camp just isn't enough. <laughs> Watching Russell Wilson chat with teammates on the sidelines while the eighth string quarterback throws wildly inaccurate bombs to a fast dude wearing some awesome neon green cleats just isn't cutting it for me. I need more coverage. Maybe follow Jim Harbaugh to Walmart and break down how he buys those sweet $8 khakis or Peyton Manning while he studies film. That's got to be riveting television. If all else fails, just follow Johnny Manziel around. Uh, He's always good for a ridiculous story, and it's never too early to get started on your 2027 mock draft. My nine-year-old cousin was tearing it up at middle linebacker the other day. Kid is a beast. Top Top five talent for sure. Now, I do understand that you're sports center and not football center, so please, I'm begging you, give me more LeBron James, he doesn't get enough coverage either. All wow, right. Not bad, 53 seconds. In recognition of our title sponsor, Town & Country Pest Solutions, here is my pest of the week, New York Red Bulls defender Jamison Olave. Pronounce it any way you want. Nobody knows who he is anyway. Who, when engaged in a little face-to-face smack talk with Real Salt Lake's 
Olmez Garcia during a match this past week decided the best way to end the debate was to give Garcia a little backhand to the untouchables. <laughs> Olave is my pest for dirty play and just for, well, come on, dude. Garcia, though, is also my pest of the week for his overanimated drop to the ground and numerous body rolls as he attempted to make his dis- discomfort known to all who were watching. And then... Garcia is my past for being overly soccer. Lastly, I got one more. The referee who carded Garcia for flopping and not Olave for the illegal use of the hands. All three of them get my pest of the week just for being soccer. My pest of the week, the Baltimore Ravens Public Relations Department. As if we couldn't get enough Ray Rice apologies as if they mean anything at this point. You want to apologize? You want to apologize? Never hit a woman again. And try to get the rest of the league to stop hitting women. That's all I got to say. My pest of the week is former MLB GM turned ESPN analyst Jim Bowden. He stole a tweet from a Twitter account that was supposedly the New York beat writer Joel Sherman. The only problem was it was a fake account. Jim Bowden reported a fake transaction that never happened. <laughs> Tried to hide it by changing his handle and his Twitter picture. Mm-hmm. But screenshots are forever. Uh, Former Minnesota governor and WWE wrestler Jesse Ventura just won a defamation lawsuit against the late Navy SEAL Chris Kyle. Kyle, who is known as the American Sniper, alleged that Ventura made negative comments about the Navy SEALs, most notably that the SEALs deserved to lose a few. A fight ensued, one in which Ventura lost. Ventura then sued Kyle for defamation. Sadly, Kyle was killed at a gun range in 2013 by a Marine veteran. He was helping through PTSD. This would have been a great time for Ventura to just let things go, but he didn't, and he was eventually awarded $1.8 million by a Minnesota jury. Good job, Ventura. Whether the story about you getting beat up is true or not, you are my pest of a lifetime for taking $1.8 million from a veteran's widow. You're a heartless jerk. We've got to get Jesse in the ring with our guy, Chad Robichaud, who, by the way, will be speaking Bethel Christian Fellowship by East Avenue Sunday morning, August 3rd at 10 a.m., again at 6 Kingdom Mount all week, Monday at 1.30 and 3, Tuesday at 4, Wednesday at 4, finally at Victory Baptist in Fairport, Wednesday, August 6th at 6 p.m. Get out and hear Chad. Thanks for joining us. I'm Benson and those guys. See you next week.